Yo, what's up, guys? We are the Right Potatoes. Solo with Steve, motherfucker. Ooh. Do it! Hey, what's going on guys? This is Steven with The Right Potatoes. I will be flying solo today. My boy James, he hasn't seen this film, but I'm going to go ahead and run through it with you. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about Doolittle. The film was released on January 17th of 2020 and was directed by Steven Gigan. Doolittle had a budget of $175 million and grossed $185.5 million in box office. Realistically, when you're looking at those numbers, it's kind of rough. Only a $10 million gain is what that is. So, not the greatest. The movie was based around the character Dr. Doolittle by Hugh Lofting. Just to give you a little idea on who this Dr. Doolittle character is from Hugh Lofting, Dr. John Doolittle is the central character of a series of children's books by Hugh Lofting, starting with the 1920, The Story of Dr. Doolittle. He is a physician who shuns human patients in favor of animals, which we should all agree with, with whom he can speak in their own languages. He later becomes a naturalist, using his abilities to speak with animals to better understand nature and the history of the world. Dr. Doolittle first appeared in the author's illustrated letters to his children, written from the trenches during World War One, when actual news he later said, was either too horrible or too dull. The stories are set in early Victorian England, where Dr. John Doolittle lives in the fictional English village of Puddleby on the marsh in West Country. Dr. Doolittle has a few close human friends, including Tommy Stubbins and Matthew Mugg, the cat's meat man. The animal team includes Polynesia, a parrot, Gub Gub, a pig, Jip, a dog, Dab Dab, a goose, Chee Chee, a monkey, Tutu, an owl, and Push Me Pull You, a white mouse later named simply Whitey. Whitey. So, for this new Doolittle film, um, I'm just going to give you a quick overview of what the film is about. Dr. John Doolittle lives in solitude behind the high walls of his lush manor in 19th century England. His only companionship comes from an array of exotic animals that he speaks to on a daily basis. But when young Queen Victoria became gravely ill, the eccentric doctor and his furry friends embark on an epic adventure to a mythical island to find the cure. For this film, the tomato meter had given it a 14%, so this is an average rating of 3.85 out of 10. This was with 209 total, with 30 being fresh and 179 being rotten. rotten. The audience scored this a 76%, so this is a huge gap. We're looking at 62% for a gain in audience score versus your tomato meter. And this is with a total count of 11,423 coming from that audience side. This was given an average rating of a 3.97 out of 5 from audience. So let's just jump right into the meat of what it is we discuss on this podcast. Um, critics' negative reviews. There's a lot of big-name voices in Doolittle, with the whimsical New Adventure starring Robert Downey Jr. as the famed doc who talks to animals, but unfortunately, they are wasted, as one might expect. It's symptomatic of an awkward, unwieldy movie that has lots of material to show you and lots of surface distractions, but nothing at all to say. It really is horribly inert, and every time Downey opens his mouth to say something unintelligible, the film dies a bit more. Yes, less than a year after the aptly named Avengers Endgame, he gives one of the worst performances of his career in a film that may make a few small children giggle, forgive them, they know no better, but disappoints on so many levels. So this is pretty harsh coming from critics. Um, in my opinion, for a children's movie, I found it to be pretty entertaining. Um, 
but just just going based off of these critics negative reviews i don't agree with them wholeheartedly i do think that yes it wasn't his best performance but i think he did really well for what the film was so for these critics critics positive reviews it's remarkably unadventurous by the time it makes its money back, animals will be able to talk anyway, meaning the inevitable reboot will be made by a badger on a smartphone for 200 pounds. But it's funny and quite amusing, and I love the dragon. Spoiler. Doolittle is great fun for all the family, full of wonder and adventure, and it brings with it a great message of friendship against the odds. So, demand for yet another Dr. Doolittle movie is admittedly low, but the fun, funny, and visually rich Doolittle justifies its existence to a surprising degree. Sure, there were too many passing gas gags, and a certain amount of lazy, rude jokes expectedly expected to fly over a kid's head and entertain their folks, but the Iron Man make, megastar captures the zaniness of talking to animals as nutty as he is. So th this is a little bit better, in my opinion. The positive reviews coming from these critics, I think, gathers more or less what the film was. Do I think it was a perfect film? Absolutely not. But do I think that it was entertaining for the family? Yes. And do I suggest the movie for people in general? Yes. So for these audience positive reviews, the animals were fabulous, as if writers would know what they would say and how their tones would be if they could talk human. Very entertaining. A feel-good movie for everyone to see. Robert Downey Jr. played the perfect part. Loved the time period for this movie and the costumes worn. Great scenery. I liked it a lot. My family enjoyed it, and they haven't seen the original with Rex Harrison, although I have and love it, but they've seen Eddie Murphy's. The animals and voices really have personality. Super fun, super cute. It's a movie for kids, which makes it a bit silly at times, but it's also super colorful. Super positive and gives plenty of laughs. Camille Nanjianara, Emma Thompson, Michael Sheens, and Robert Downey Jr. are all pretty awesome here. I was quite entertained and believe this movie... This movie exactly hit its target audience. Had it been reviewed by 9 to 12 year olds, How old are you? I'm 12. It would be at least in the high 90s critic and audience scores. Personally, I think many have lost their sense of wonder and perhaps think children should be more sophisticated. My mother always told me, you will be grown a long time. Okay. Enjoy being a kid. I wish more people's parents had encouraged them to not be pieces of shit. Just kidding. So... I would agree with that. I think people went into the film expecting something completely different. This movie wasn't advertised on a large scale, or at least I hadn't really seen much on it. I think the movie was executed well, and it's fun for the family, again. And bright, colorful, entertaining sequences, and that's it. That's all you need to know. Audience negative reviews, though. Doolittle may be made for kids, but I believe they deserve better than its half-baked concoction of a very bland story. Horrendous acting from an excellent cast, cringy jokes, and no direction. Doolittle does nothing new and really shows it was just here to make a casual viewer. Parents and children dumber. I cannot recommend. Not engaging at all. No adult humor like many movies made for kids. We wanted to walk out, but we stayed to the end. Very disappointing. Which is dumb. You're going into a kid's movie expecting adult jokes? Awful. Don't know how a kid could even understand a word Doolittle said. Horrible accent. Bad all the way around. What a waste. Pretty terrible. Story lacked in any excitement and the humor was not humorous. There were a few parts in it where I found myself laughing. I was very entertained by it, but I also have a child's humor, so that could be part of it. For the film, I gave it an overall 3.5 out of 5, so about a 70% as it is. Um, I really enjoyed the film. I think everyone should go and see it. Do I believe it's what a Doolittle film should be? 
I have no freaking idea. Because I don't have any expectations, which is what I went into the film going with. So, go see it. I thought it was flipping great, you know? I'm going to go ahead and cover the 98 Doolittle right after a message from our sponsors. Since we're talking about the newer Doolittle, I wanted to discuss the older Doolittle from my childhood, which was the Dr. Doolittle, made in 1998, which starred Eddie Murphy. For this film, the tomato meter gave it a 42%. The average rating was a 5.2 out of 10, with 52 total, 22 being fresh and 30 being rotten. The audience had given this even less at a 34%, which is wild in my book. Average rating is 2.9 out of 5 with 873,000 reviews. This film was directed by Betty Thomas and it had a budget of 70.5 million. In the box office though, it gained a staggering 294.4 million. So the synopsis for this film was after a fender bender, Dr. John Doolittle, which is played by Eddie Murphy, gets back his childhood ability to converse with animals, but the gift turns out to be a mixed blessing when the good doctor finds himself besieged by boozing monkeys, injured owls, and depressed lions who need his special assistance. When Doolittle's strange behavior catches the attention of his wife, Lisa, which is played by Kristen Wilson, he winds up in a mental institution. Luckily, he has some animal friends to help him out of his hairy situation. <laughs> hairy situation. For this, the critics' positive reviews, Murphy's likable, the script's laden with a gaggle of one-liners, and there's even vague message nestling beneath this logical chaos. One of the things about Dr. Doolittle that helps raise it above Kitty Fair and give him accompanying adults a bit of amusing entertainment are the not-so-kid-targeted jokes, which... There's a few. Director Betty Thomas recruited a host of stand-up comedians to provide the voices for animals, and it's gimmick that works astonishingly well. Talking to the animals has never sounded so witty. So, I, I would agree with that. I think the fact that they went with comedians to voice the animals was a great choice. I just remember the guinea pig. That was the main thing. That was a huge focus on the film. Um, just because he was funny. For critics' negative reviews... This movie is not fair to either man or beast. It makes all creatures seem annoying, charmless, noisy, witless, and unfunny. Unless you are fond of toilet and arse jokes. Which who isn't? <laughs> this guy's probably been the butt but. of every joke. Ha! Why are creatures commenting here on copulation? And what are anal thermometers doing being swallowed up by canines rear in a kid's picture? It's a kid's film in 98... People weren't as soft. After a sharp first 45 minutes or so, when Doolittle rediscovers and tries to hide his childhood gift after chatting with animals, it becomes clear that the script has a serious dead-end problem. With this, I, I, I can half agree, half not. Um, I thought it was a pretty damn funny movie. In most kids' films, if they add some adult humor, it's good so that it makes it a family film. It's not just for the kids, necessarily, but it also has those quick jokes that even parents can enjoy. But... So for these audience positive reviews, Eddie Murphy as Dr. Doolittle was a great idea if you ask me. The comedy complements the story in a way that other adaptations of this movie didn't do. My favorite adaptation of the Dr. Doolittle movies. Even if it is rather forgettable for a movie that was very successful at the box office and is over-reliant on the type of gags most kids' movies are content to settle back on, Dr. Doolittle is still better than the modern talking animal movies and Eddie Murphy's performance. Coupled with voice acting that doesn't underutilize its actors makes it an above-average family comedy. Funnier than I expected, Chris Rock's voice as a guinea pig gets annoying very quickly. <laughs> so this is actually pretty funny because... Talking about the guinea pig, I feel like it was one of the best parts. I feel like with Chris Rock anyway, 
people are either hit or miss with him. You either like his voice, you don't really care about his voice, or you just deal with it depending on whatever film he's in. Overall, though, the older Dr. Doolittle, when I went back and watched it, it wasn't as good as I remember it to be. The acting was kind of whack, um, but I, I still liked it as a film. I didn't hate it. I wouldn't give it, you know, a 40% or 34%. I would have given this probably, eh, I would say probably a 3 out of 5. So about a 60%, which is about double the audience. But overall, if you haven't seen either film, I would suggest watching both just to see kind of where the character's development changes. And that's where I'd go with that. So thank you guys also, by the way, for reaching out, giving us any sort of feedback for episode one. I wanted to thank everyone who took the time to vote in our poll for whether you were a tater or tot. And I want to keep seeing some stuff coming through. If you guys have any ideas, again, for reviews that you've seen that you don't agree with through Rotten Tomatoes, feel free to reach out to us. Um, we will be reviewing it. Coming up next week, you guys will be getting a review from us on the film From Dusk Till Dawn. We got a bunch of fucking vampires out there trying to get in here and suck our fucking blood. And that's it, plain and simple. And I don't want to hear anything about, I don't believe in vampires. Because I don't fucking believe in vampires. But I believe in my own two eyes. And what I saw is fucking vampires. Now, do we all agree that what we are dealing with is vampires? So be sure to tune in. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure you share. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram. We actually changed it because what we originally wanted was taken. So our Instagram name is the underscore ripe underscore potatoes. And you can find me on Instagram at comicxsteve. So make sure you follow us. Smash that like. Share it with your homies. And thank you for listening, taters and tots. Catch you later. Oh, this has been some real shit. You better step back dead before I'll lose my